Welcome to Living Well with Rent Well, the podcast for anybody who's thinking about getting into real estate, in real estate, and wants to take their game to the next level. I'm your co-host, TJ Hawk. And I am your co-host, Rob Coldwell. Welcome to another episode of Living Well with Rentwell. I'm your co-host, TJ Hawk. Uh, with me today is Patrick, and the discussion is around ERC, Employee Retention Credit, which uh, I am super stoked to dig into because this has impacted our business and uh, you know, wanted to share this amazing information with any of the listeners that are out there. And uh, Patrick, why don't you kick it off here? Just a, a quick introduction about you and the company and and we'll go from there. Yeah, absolutely. And good morning, TJ. And hello, everyone. Thank you so much for having me on. Uh, just to start out here, uh, by way of introduction, my name is Patrick Moran. I'm the president of Royce Partners Limited. We are a consulting firm headquartered in Columbus, Ohio. And this last year, we have found a specialization in employee retention credit, or ERC consulting. The ERC is a fully refundable tax credit. And that is our primary service line at this time. So happy to talk about that today with TJ. Excellent. So let's jump right in, uh, Patrick. And I guess my first question would be, what is the ERC? And kind of where did it where did it come from? Where how did this money <laughs> where is this money sitting? Yeah, absolutely. No. So as far as the the origin of the ERC, it was actually ushered in as part of the CARES Act, if you all remember that back in March of 2020. And really the ERC is incredibly underutilized. Many business owners haven't heard of it, or maybe the last few months, someone's given you a phone call uh, discussing, you know, potentially working with you and your business to go over the ERC. Uh, but really the ERC was overshadowed in the beginning because it was introduced alongside the PPP loan or the Paycheck Protection Program, which hmm. nearly everyone remembers that. We remember hearing about you know Tom Brady and his company getting a PPP loan and this steakhouse, maybe got a PPP loan. Really, it got a bad name, right? If, if you all remember that. Uh, but once the, the CARES Act was written into legislation by Congress uh, during 2020, it was one or the other. You could take the ERC or the PPP. It wasn't until 2021 when another legislative body was introduced that actually allowed taxpayers to take advantage of both. Oh, really? So now, yes. Yeah, so if you if you take in a PPP loan, you can you can now take the ERC as well. Well, that's great news. Yeah, it's it's wonderful news here, and especially a lot of taxpayers that did take advantage of the PPP loan initially, uh, you know, are still you know coming back from the impacts that the pandemic has created. Their business is not quite back on track yet. There's some lasting effects there, especially when it comes to you know free cash flow and being able to invest that back into your business, whether that's through your workforce or your brick and mortar, uh, et cetera. So it's great to have this uh, secondary uh, option. Patrick, I um, for the, the listeners that are out there that are probably the conversation going on in their head is, yeah, but I've already been told by my financial advisor or CPA or attorney, whoever, but I've already been told... I don't qualify, right? Because it's only if my business was negatively impacted for the pandemic, meaning that I lost revenue, but I kept my employees. And um, I, the one thing we learned from you is there's kind of two tests that the government says you know you could qualify for, and one of them is that financial part. Like, did you lose revenue and keep your employees? right? But then there's another 
test, which is more like, I'll let you do the description, but kind of higher level is just, was your business impacted in any way during the pandemic? So could you just give the listeners a, like, what are those two tests that would determine if you qualify? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, yeah, TJ is right about that. There are two different ways uh, that a taxpayer can claim the ERC. So in general, there are seven eligible quarters for this program. Quarters one through four of 2020 and one through three of 2021. In order to determine if one of those quarters qualifies for the ERC, 2019 is used as the baseline year for comparison. It's the last normal year before COVID began. So the IRS has outlined that as your baseline. So each quarter of 2019, quarters one through four, are compared to their counterparts in 2020 as well as 2021. So for example, if you wanted to determine if you qualified for quarter two in 2021, you would compare that back to quarter two of 2019. And as TJ's mentioned, as far as what are we comparing, the first avenue for qualification revolves around financial impact. The IRS has outlined that if a taxpayer wants to qualify for the ERC in a specific calendar quarter, they are to look at their top line revenue, gross receipts, sales, however you refer to them, but everything above the line there, how much your business made, and compare that figure back to its 2019 figure in that respective quarter and evaluate if there's a decline. So that is that first way of qualification. Understood. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. That's, and how do they, this is probably a, uh, it depends question, but how much could somebody potentially get from the program? Is there any kind of formula there, like a simple formula or? No, great question there as well. And I realized, you know, just to further explain qualification, you know, prior to, you know, hopping into some of the value that you could expect to see as a, as a business owner, uh, you know, if you don't qualify from the, you know, financial impact test, let's say you're a listener right now and you're thinking, well, you know, you may be like TJ and, you know, his business where you didn't receive, uh, you know, that financial impact, you're, you know, had some revenue that was either flatlined or let's say even increased during the pandemic as some business owners and industries, you know, observed, well, that's not the end of the road, fortunately. Congress also created a secondary avenue of qualification that focuses on the operational impact. So we're still be evaluating these seven quarters, you know, one through four of 2020 and one through three of 21. However, instead of looking at some type of financial metric, we will be evaluating some type of operational metric. Now, an operational metric has to capture an aspect of your business that is more than nominal. And what the heck does that mean, right? So the IRS has outlined more than nominal as 10% or more of the whole. So if there is a segment of your operations that makes up 10% or more of your whole business, that is what we'll be focusing on here to determine if qualification is viable. Now, the second part of that is, is there a government mandate in place that is affected that more than nominal portion of your business? Uh, the easiest way to conceptualize this, because I understand it can sound very gray, uh, very tough to quantify. I think the easiest way to understand it is by looking at the examples the IRS has given for a restaurant. So let's say a restaurant 
uh, is put under capacity restrictions during 2020. Uh, the governor of their respective state has came out and said, you know, 50% of dining is allowed to be used. Uh, therefore, you know, you have to pivot to, you know, to go or delivery. You have to be creative if you're, the, you know, the restaurant owner here. Well, during that time, let's say the community rallied behind them. Let's say they got even more business during 2019 than they would have, uh, you know, otherwise they were able to, you know, really pivot and, you know, stay on their toes during this period. Well, just because they were able to, you know, pivot and become more successful than they were in 2019 doesn't mean it was without struggle, without effort and without expenses. Even though their top line revenue may not qualify, they may have had to hire more individuals or invest into a different system that allowed them to uh, deliver food and create this to-go system. So that's really what the spirit of the credit is, is all about, is rewarding those business owners that were able to uh, you know, think on their toes, keep the lights on, reward uh, that type of behavior and compliance with those mandates, because at the end of the day, their operations were suspended. So hopefully that can clear up any misconceptions there. Yeah, I appreciate that because I, I just wanted uh, for everybody to be like pretty clear that there's this misconception that you only qualify if you have a negative financial impact. The reality is like that's part of it. The other side is from an operational perspective, if you were impacted in some way, could be for the better, could be for the worse, but, but there could be an area of opportunity there purely from an operations perspective as well. Yeah, that's exactly right. You know, even if your your financials were not, uh, you know, impacted in that way, say they were flatline or even went up, exactly, there there is still, uh, you know, a possibility that that qualification qualification could be there. And, you know, just to be clear, uh, if you had to wear a mask and hop on Zoom calls for team meetings, uh, that is that is not a way to qualify on the, on the secondary avenue. Uh, the IRS is looking for something uh, a little bit more substantial than that, right? I think we all, uh, you know, felt inconvenienced by Zoom, but uh, yeah. not enough to actually, you know, see value from this, which we can absolutely talk about here next. Yep. Yep. So the question in my mind then is like, so who can qualify for the ERC? I guess, did we answer that question already by like, is, is, is there, let me back up. Is there anybody who cannot qualify for an ERC? Yeah, great question. So the IRS has laid out uh, what they call notice 2021-20. And it was supposed to be uh, fairly easy to understand guidance for all taxpayers, real light that's reading that you run, right? Fairly yeah, easy to understand and government documents. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That is a that is an oxymoron, unfortunately. So uh, within 2021-20, the IRS goes through and they enter into their QA style um, information in order to educate taxpayers on who can qualify. So as you read through their QAs, the big takeaways here are doesn't matter what industry you're in, doesn't matter what state you're in, anyone could potentially be eligible. Doesn't mean that everyone could qualify, but potentially eligible. Now, if you're a government entity, uh, this, this credit is not for you. Uh, if you're a publicly traded company, this becomes immensely difficult. And frankly, you, know, you wouldn't qualify. Um, if you have foreign ownership, that can become difficult. Uh, but for the average business owner that, you know, even if you have you know, a few other companies, uh, some partners, um, but for the average business owner that could really be 
from any walk of life, any industry, uh, there is an eligibility you know, criteria that you can meet and you're not automatically knocked out just for being in industry X over industry Y. Okay. I think that's good news, right? So basically, even if your business did better during the pandemic, there may be a qualification there for the business. Yeah, absolutely. And at the end of the day, it comes down to your facts and circumstances. You know, that's right. You know, even if you did better, you know, it could, you could still potentially qualify, even if you're in an industry that uh, may not have been as affected by the pandemic. At the end of the day, it comes down to the facts and circumstances of your business. And with the value that some taxpayers are seeing from the ERC, uh, it really does become worth it to at least look into it to see if it is the right fit for you and your business. And how about if if the business was declared as essential, do they still qualify for this? Yeah, great question here, uh, TJ. You know, at the end of the day, even if your business was declared essential, uh, it is possible that there are some routes to qualification. The IRS has outlined something that they call a partial suspension. And a partial suspension of operations means exactly that. Uh, there is a government order in place that partially suspended an aspect of your operations. And if you can meet certain criterias and fall under that partial suspension, then even though you were declared essential and still operated during the pandemic, you could potentially find a, an avenue to, to qualification here. Yeah, fascinating. Okay, Patrick, so it, this sounds all great, right? That there's two different qualification tests you go through, financial, uh, impact and operational impact. Now, let's just say we go through the process and, and maybe later you can walk us through just super high level. What does sure. that process look like? So let's assume we've gone through that process and we do qualify. I guess my question would be kind of like, what's the catch? You know, that if you qualify for this money, is there anything to to look for? Are there taxes that are due? You know, are there any kind of like stipulations around how to use the money? Because um, I think with PPP and even the disaster relief uh, funds, it was you had to use it for at a, for a very specific right um, thing. You know, so with the ERC funds, is there anything specific you have to use the money for? Are there is there just anything that we should be aware of? No, this is an excellent question and something that. Uh, you know, when Royce Partners is working with their clients, you know, we always ensure that they remain educated on these topics because, you know, there's no such thing as a free lunch. And, uh, you know, especially not when working with payroll tax credits in the IRS, uh, there's always things to be aware of here and especially so with the ERC. So just to break it down and, and walk through your question here, because there's, there's a few parts I, I certainly want to answer, uh, you know, number one, um, you know, is there anything that this money can't be used for? So because the ERC is a fully refundable tax credit, the ERC comes back to the business in the form of a check to, and then you know, distributed to the business owners, presumably. So at the end of the day, it is truly a cash refund back into the business. It is not like the Paycheck Protection Program, where it was a loan that could be forgiven if it was utilized for the you know, proper allocations outlined by the SBA. So it differs in, in that fashion, which is really nice, uh, you know, of course, for the business owners to be able to utilize those funds to, you know, what is most important at the time. So moving on from there, as far as what should be, um, you know, taken into consideration, what are some 
you know, concerns, if any, that you should have when looking into this. Well, the IRS has recently come out and actually warned taxpayers to be, you know, remain very diligent when looking into this program and when vetting, you know, potential companies to work with. Uh, as, as TJ mentioned, you know, a lot of times, you know, you can hear, you know, from your accountants that you may not qualify for this, but perhaps a firm, you know, comes in and says, oh, no, you do. And they start talking about that operational impact that TJ and I, you know, really, you know, walk through in detail there. Now, unfortunately, there's a lot of, uh, you know, bad actors in, in the ERC industry, which is a very new industry. This credit's only a couple years old. So with that comes uh, a lot of individuals that are, you know, possibly in it for the wrong reasons here. And what we've been seeing is incredibly aggressive stances on that operational impact qualification where uh, certain companies are telling taxpayers that they qualify when there may be nothing of substance there at all. So I would just like to you know, encourage any uh, business owners that are out there and, and listening to this, you know, if you have been contacted by you know, a business, it is important to remain vigilant and do your due diligence, be an informed consumer. Uh, you know, hop online, do some Googling, look into the, the, the business that's reaching out to you, you know, look at some IRS guidance that's been posted, uh, look into some warnings there and ensure that you're remaining as, as uh, you know, knowledgeable on this topic as you can be. That way you can make the right informed decision at the end of the day about what is most important for your business. The ERC is no exception to any other service here. And I just want to, you know, ensure, you know, that that point is articulated because, with such a, a new and nuanced tax credit, uh, there's always going to be you know interpretations out there that are you know left of center, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. So, I, why why Royce Partners, right? How does how what does that look like from? Because um, you had mentioned there's a lot of companies out there that uh, probably claim to understand the ERC, and you know. God forbid somebody has gone down that path with them, they receive money, and now the government comes back and says, Ooh, you know what? Actually, you don't qualify. You right. got to give us the money back. So Precisely. What, what does Royce, you know, partners do just to ensure that there's protection there and the process that you are running, you know, is legitimate? And uh, can you tell us a little bit more about that? Maybe what your team looks like. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question. And you know, as far as, you know, how we operate at the end of the day, there are important things where if you work with any company, you know, here's some buzzwords that you should be looking for. And, you know, here's the system that we've created to ensure that those protections are in place. So for starters, uh, the A word, right? What is the the scary A word that every taxpayer thinks of when dealing with uh, our favorite three-letter agency of the IRS? It is audit. So as far as audits are concerned, uh, the IRS is planning on, you know, looking into these credits to ensure that, of course, there is not, you know, fraud or any overclaiming by taxpayers. So what that audit procedures what, the, or what those audit procedures could look like uh, at this time, because, you know, we haven't seen too many. Uh, but what we've speculated on is that for the next three to five years where the statute of limitations lies for when the IRS can go back and look into these, these claims, they will evaluate the legitimacy of qualification. You know, number one, did your financials go down? If not, how are you operationally impacted? Where's the proof of that? Where are the government orders that happened? What was the impact to you as a business? So if you were to be in a place where you find yourself under audit, uh, you know, 
we are hoping that you would find yourself with a company uh, that operates, you know, similar to ours, where they offer that audit protection. They are not leaving you high and dry uh, if and when that time comes. Now, roughly, you know, three percent of amended returns are annually audited. It really varies on what type of return that is. You know, certainly not trying to fearmonger here, uh, but at the end of the day, um, it is certainly a a given that the IRS is going to do their due diligence and go back and review the the credits that they have the time to during that statute of limitations. So always ensure uh, that if you are working with a firm that uh, does ERC consulting or you know your CPA, that there is a plan to go back and have audit protection. Which leads me to answer your question fully there, TJ, of audit protection. That is something we do here at Roy's Partners throughout the full statute of limitations to make sure that all of our clients uh, remain in the best possible tax position. So if the IRS ever was to come back, we would be able to step forward in that place uh, with our partnered CPAs and enrolled agents and be able to tell the IRS why they're wrong and why uh, you know our clients do indeed qualify. Great. It's good, it's good to have that peace of mind, you know, because some some of the what I've heard some of these other companies have qualified for it's they're big numbers, you know. And uh, having that peace of mind that there is that audit portion there and that, you know, you believe in what you're putting together. And, uh, you know, for us, I knew it was about a three-month process. Just the, what I mean by that is the study to see if we even qualify. Right. It's not like it was a one week, yes, you qualify, here you go. It, it took three exactly. months. It was a lot of back and forth and a lot of separate calls. And, you know, you, you, you gave us a lot of confidence that it's very clear, you know what you're doing, you have the process down. You all, you you have risk management in place to make sure the decisions that are being made really are the correct decisions. Um, so I, I guess it kind of leads us into the next question, which is what if we could kind of the Reader's Digest version of what does that process look like if somebody wanted to see if they were qualified and those conversations? Could you give us a high level overview of that? Yeah, absolutely. So the way that we have our study process set up here at Royce uh, is the first step is there's always a screening call before, you know, we really go through with anything before any agreements are, you know, sent over emails before we start, you know, the discovery process, documents are flying around before anything. We want to ensure that we're not wasting anyone's time. We want to make sure this is a good fit for you. Uh, if we hop on a call together and I hear a client say, oh yeah, you know, our financials went up a thousand percent and you know our biggest impact was that we had to sit at home on zoom and uh yeah we really hated that it wasn't as fun uh so anyway do we qualify right you know that my answer is probably going to be you know respectfully no you don't and uh you know congratulations on the success but you know this isn't a program for you so we always start with the screening call make sure that this is going to be something that's worth your time uh from there you know, once we move forward into the actual study process itself, we'll begin with a discovery call. During that discovery call, we'll get more in depth, talk about your pandemic story, what occurred, go on a fact-finding mission together and start uncovering these impacts that you had during the pandemic. As we discuss those, you know, our team of consultants, uh, engineers, uh, attorneys will be thinking about what the IRS guidance looks like and how we can pair that up with your individual impacts. So once we get a good idea there, we'll shoot you over a document request. We'll ensure you do qualify before sending over the rest of the document request. Again, 
We hate to inundate business owners. We know small to medium-sized businesses are trying to focus on what's important. So we're, we're very surgical with our process here. So that way we're not uh, you know, keeping you too busy. So once we determine if you qualify, two to three weeks later, uh, everything should hopefully be wrapped up. It's a bit of a longer study, as TJ mentioned. Sometimes you know, the, the process can take a couple months just to ensure we are 100% confident before it leaves our door. Yeah. All right. Does the money dry up? When does this end? How long does it go on? <laughs> That's an interesting question. You know, the statute of limitations is four years respective to each tax year. So if you wanted to qualify for those 2020 quarters we talked about, you can qualify, excuse me, you can claim those uh, up until April 15th of 2024. Really? If you're interested in the 2021 uh, quarters that we talked about, quarters one through three, and you have until 2025 uh, on April 15th. So really tremendous. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of time here uh, you know, to look back into this. But with that being said, uh, you know, there are no guarantees that this credit is going to last forever. You know, we've already seen President Joe Biden uh, sign in the you know, Infrastructure Act in November of 2021. Uh, this actually removed Q4 of 2021 from consideration. So maybe there would be more retroactive, uh, you know, legislative acts that could do, you know, have impacts like that in the future. We certainly hope not. We hope all business owners that are eligible can, of course, claim this before time is up. Uh, but until, you know, time is up, the, really the, the budget has been allocated. Um, if the money begins to dry up, Congress is supposed to allocate more. That is the plan. Um, but with so many claims occurring, the IRS being so backed up, uh, it only makes sense uh, to hop on this program now and make hay as the sun shines, as they say. So we're we're about at the end of time here. Uh, Patrick, I appreciate all this knowledge you've dropped on us today. This has been a lot of really good information. Um, you know, super excited to share this with our listeners. I, I hope that if they haven't already, been awarded something from the ERC that they at least investigate it, you know, and just ask the questions and look into it. Uh, would there be, as we're closing the conversation, if you had to pick maybe the top three highlights from today's uh, call, is there anything that you think you'd like to summarize for the listeners? Yeah, great question here, TJ. And yeah, absolutely. For any listeners out there that are business owners or, you know, work for small to medium sized businesses and think they, you know, would want to investigate into this or perhaps, you know, reach out to, you know, their management team and make them aware of this if they aren't already. Uh, some of the high level, you know, key pieces of information here. Number one, uh, just because you did better during the pandemic does not rule you out for this program. Number two, just because you took a PPP loan does not make you ineligible. Number three, uh, at the end of the day, if you are looking into this, make sure you remain a, an intelligent and informed consumer. Do all the research you can in order to make those decisions uh, when vetting uh, potential firms to work with. Simple recap. I like it. Patrick, how does somebody get a hold of you if they have more questions? Yeah, absolutely. I would love to speak with anyone out there that has any questions or, you know, recommendations or concerns about this process. Uh, you can get a hold of me through my direct email. I'm happy to answer any questions there. My email is patrick, P-A-T-R-I-C-K, 
at RoycePartners.com. And Royce is with an S. So R-O-Y-S-E partners.com. Happy to take any questions there and you know, potentially hop on a call with you and you know, love to you know, speak with you and answer more. Excellent. Patrick, thank you again for carving out about 30 minutes of your time here today and sharing with us some really impactful information. And uh, hope to we'll, we'll chat again soon. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for your time, TJ. Really happy to be here and uh, get to share this information with you all. So thanks a lot. Take care and uh, look forward to next time. Got it. Thank you for listening to Living Well with RentWell. We hope you loved that episode. Please be sure to head over to our website at rentwell.com backslash vision. We're giving away our free program called Vision Through Purposeful Action. If you're a busy person, if you struggle with finding the time and priorities, or if you're experiencing procrastination and overwhelm, this free course will help you with that. We wish you a blessed day. Thank you for tuning in and check in later. 